Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 172, or at least I think it is. And um, it's a, Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual, emotional mom, that's you, sweetie, and a logical and practical dad, that's me. And we have three daughters, count them three, ages six, nine, and 11. And our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And my motto is the best predictor. Your motto? Mine. The one I made up. <laughs> the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we have a power-packed, punchy show. But first, actually, let's talk about... I was going to say what we're going to talk about, but you get mad at me. So let's just say that we're going to talk about being popular. What do you mean I get mad at you? You get mad. I don't get mad. You get frustrated. You, I get mad, or I don't get mad, but when you say that we have a lot of good stuff, we're we, going to talk about a lot of good stuff. Power-packed, punchy stuff. Okay, so you want to know what we're going to talk about today? We are going to talk about um, popularity and what that means. Um, I think that we there's kind of three different things that go on in an adult's mind. Number one is what we grew up with and what we believe popular to be. Number two, what the movies and books and TV shows portray popularity to be. And number three, what I'm learning now talking with the fifth grade girls that I work with um, about what it means to be popular and what their definition is and having a better understanding of what that means um, because I I think if we understand the perspective, um, then we have better language to talk to them about it or about its importance or its non-importance or just, first of all, it's not even about being important or not important. It's just one of those things in life. You know what I mean? I actually was getting ready for my movie line, so I wasn't even paying attention. You're not listening to me, It jeopardizes you? my ability to effectively govern this student body. Well, makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Who's, is, is who's he, he talking about, Ferris? Yeah, he's going to, Ferris is really the role model of every person alive because he's nice and he doesn't fit into – and I, I don't want to jump into the thing because we have some other things we the have to talk about. The thing with the thing? But Ferris is popular with every clique in school. And if I were to have anything, I would love my daughters not to have to be pigeonholed into, oh, they're the soccer click or the prissy click or the nerd click. I want them to be Ferris. Well, and I think it's all about perception. I think sometimes we define things so narrowly that we start to say, oh, there's all these clicks and my kid fits into this click and that gives us either a sense of comfort or oftentimes discomfort. Right. When really... I don't know about your experience, Todd, but it really wasn't that defined when I was growing up. I feel like you could do a million different things. And again, people may have their perceptions or their, what's the word I'm looking for, their definition of what they think popular is. Right. But I think it's different for everybody. And I think we have to be aware. And Ferris Bueller, going to him, of course. I mean, he's the ideal, but that is a made-up fictional character. He's almost like a cartoon mm -hmm. because he doesn't make great choices, but he gets away with everything, and he's doing it for the best interest of himself and his friend, and he he'll makes it look... Me. He'll keep calling Cameron. me until I come over. He'll make me feel guilty. This is, uh, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with... I'll go. I'll Cam go. Cameron. Love Cameron. Um, Do you have Cameron's song? When Cameron was in Egypt's land, let my Cameron go. Actually, I sounded pretty good on that. That was good. You you know what Todd and I talk about a lot with John Hughes movies? 
is how he had such a funny sense of humor. Yeah. Like, why would he put that song in there? He it's threw so in some random. Really kind of left field things in the movie that ended up working. But when it was happening, I'm sure they're like, what? Why do you want me to sing this song while I'm laying in bed pretending to be sick? Well, in like my part that I just showed you the other day in 16 Candles with the bus. Yeah. That's so funny to me. And I'm sure they were like, what? Like, when everyone's on the bus and everyone, you know, it, it just sounds like it's like, Remember they got the band playing? They got the band, but it just sounds like chaos, right. but all of a sudden it goes to this song. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. then, like, the doors open and it goes, hey. Yeah. Um, but so if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're like, what are you talking about, Kathy? But the point is, is that he had good humor, that man. So, so, so popularity. Popularity. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, but we do have a retreat coming up that we, we want to promote. And we want to invite all of our listeners to participate in. Um, I wanted to call it the Mother's Day retreat, but that's not no, it. No, it's not. It's called the good life um, because we were going to call it the life is good. But that has already been taken, yes, as many of us know. So it's the good life retreat. And it is in honor of Mother's Day because it's May 5th through 9th, which is a Monday through Friday, and Mother's Day is that Sunday. So it's kind of a gear up for Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. but you do not have to be a mother to do this retreat. It's just kind of an honor of Mother's Day. The way that we we do our retreats is if you register, you can gift it to someone for free. So for all you men who are out there listening, register yourself and then gift this to your wife. Or, you know, you know, if she is, well, it doesn't matter if she's a mother or, or not. if you um, don't feel like being the retreat, gift, give it to your wife and, and then she can pick a friend. To somebody. And uh, what it is, it's an email. Uh, it starts with an email, but it has all these other different uh, parts of it. It has a Facebook community. It has videos. It has inspirational music. We do specials on Parenting Radio podcasts for each day. And we were just telling someone about this today or yesterday. And really the gist of this retreat is it's all up to you. It's a virtual retreat. So we're sending you this information. You decide how much you want to put into it. Some people get really into it and they're they're great on our Facebook page and they end up being t- teachers. You know, they end up sharing so much. Or you can be like a voyeur, and which a lot of people do and just mm-hmm. kind of watch. But it starts on May 5th. It's 55 bucks, which mm-hmm. is, I think, a little bit less than our last retreat. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you only get out of it what you put into it. Well, but it's actually less because if you gift it to somebody, then you're getting two you for one. That's right. So, so uh, we invite you. It, it'll be on our Facebook page. It'll be in the show notes of this uh, podcast. So we would love to have you join us. And last thing is, what do we mean by the good life? It's going to be about gratitude. It's going to be about um, noticing what's working. It's going to be about the beauty around you because the truth about living a a good life or feeling good is it's a practice. You literally have to practice. You can't just say, well, I just want good things and expect them to come to you. You have to make a choice to see and do things differently. And that's what Todd and I are trying to create. Um, so uh, I want to tell one quick personal story. Okay. Uh, yesterday was Easter. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Easter, it's one of the three holidays that we together as a couple decide to let our kids go a little crazy with candy. Right. But it's it's more about I take it off my shoulders. Right. Instead of saying girls eat lots of candy, I just, just yeah, stop making it. Yeah, it's not like you issue. encourage them to right. do it. You just let them do what right. they want. It's Easter, Halloween, and, and Christmas. Christmas. So those are the three big days. So uh, our six-year-old had a lot of candy, and she kept on saying how tomorrow, that's being today on Monday, which is when we're recording this, that she's going to ha- be a healthy. It's going to be healthy day. She kept her. saying tomorrow's my healthy day. And this is the same girl who promises that she's going to clean her room <laughs> and rarely ever does it. So I didn't take a whole lot of stock into it. But lo and behold, I got home from uh, – I got uh, home uh, – I brought her home from school – 
And she said, Dad, uh, I'm going to make a list of healthy things that I'm going to do today. And she put on that list, she's going to eat apples, she's going to eat grapes, she ate a ham sandwich. She decided that she wasn't going to watch TV today, and usually we let her watch Sesame Street after school. She didn't do that. So I just, it, it's a testament um, to if you let your kids just figure it out a little bit, um, they will make the right decisions without us making sure that they make the right decisions. They will make choices along the way yeah. that are that are marvelous. And what I love about what she's been saying today about today's healthy day or my wellness day is that it's not all about food. Mm-hmm. It's about I'm going to go outside mm-hmm. and be outside. Yeah. I'm going to go run around the block. I'm going to go – I'm not going to watch TV. So it's not just about what she's ingesting. Yeah, it's it's, it's, about it's a healthy day in the form of her spirit. Her spirit, her yeah. So it's kind of cool. And instead of – you know, saying, well, you should be like this every day or, you know, where was this yesterday or, or somehow making her feel as if this isn't as mm-hmm. special as it is. We're, we're kind of just saying, wow, good for you. There's no ownership on us. Right. So we rarely, I don't know, maybe we do, but I, I don't think we brag about our kids very often on this show. Okay. Um, we love our kids, but I don't know if we really brag about them. But today I'm decided I'm bragging about my little baby girl, Skylar. Mm-hmm. Nice job, yeah, Skylar. It's been a good wellness day for her. Nice. Oh, and by the way, we got a lot of um, reviews on iTunes, Yay. and I'm going to read off a few of the names of the people because we got an influx of reviews. That w- that's wonderful. So, thank you, everybody. Thank you very it much. It really does help, as I say all the time. It really does. But uh, now back to pocket. You just mind your P's and Q's, Buster, and remember who you're dealing with. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Okay. Is he is he going to be your only popular movie quote through this whole thing? It's concentrated between Ferris and Breakfast Club. Good. I was going to say we need a little Breakfast Club action. We'll get it. Um, so this is kind of how I recall us talking about this last week. Okay. We talked about the differences in popularity between boys and girls. And what I mean by that is um, I think uh, – as I'm kind of understanding children as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, I just kind of thought popular was popular. You're just, you know, I never really thought too much about it. But as uh, I'm going through this little thing I call life, it seems like there's differences of what qualifies a boy to be popular and what qualifies a girl to be popular. What do you – you give me a different look. I just don't even like the qualify. I, I think it's perspective. I don't think it's like a boy is popular if they do A, B, and C. Well, a let, girl is- well let's go through my exercise. Okay, go ahead. I think a boy is popular mm-hmm. if he's good at sports. Okay. If he is – this is kind of redundant, but if he's well-liked by a lot of people, mm-hmm. I mean that's obvious – um, I understand that maybe it's the type of technology he carries, like if he has a cool phone, Yikes. which seems silly. Yeah, all these things. But I'm telling you, this okay. is research-based, based off of that one book I read, uh, not the Queen Bees and Wannabes. Oh, your your book. Yeah, the, the woman who wrote Queen Bees and Wannabes, Rosalind Wise- uh, Wiseman. Wiseman, yeah. So um, uh, sports, uh, uh, his physical size, if he's okay. big, he's strong, okay. that, that gives him some popularity. And um, I thought that it would kind of be similar for girls, and I wonder if you could chime in on the female uh, generalizations. Now, this isn't accurate, but like, what do you think girls mean when it means to be popular? Well, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this on the show, because I have perspective in my mind from my own childhood, and obviously, you know, we're inundated with the media about what that means. But I was talking to some girls about what that means for them. And unfortunately, 
um, the definition that I got from most of them was it's for them, it's a girl who's maybe noticed by a lot of guys. And the thing about being popular is that it changes a lot. It changes year to year, meaning maybe the person who was noticed a lot in third grade wasn't noticed in fourth grade or the person noticed in fourth grade wasn't as noticed in fifth grade. And I think we can all relate to that, that everybody kind of – certain kids have certain years that they just tend to have a little more of a – um, they're just more noticeable yeah. for whatever reason. It could be their physical appearance. It could be because of their abilities. It could be because they're intellectual. Right. You know, there's different reasons. But that's the thing is when the description you were just giving, and like you said, you got it from a book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's from a very uh, – this book came out last year. It's yeah. very current. But I also, you know, talking to the girls, like it's not, it's not so stereotypical why, you know uh, – why someone would be popular, meaning like boys, sometimes it's because they're really funny. Sometimes it's because they're really laid back. Right. And it, it depends on the girl's personality too, because some, you know, some of the girls appreciate or they're more into, oh, this guy's really cute. And some of the other girls are like, he's really nice. He's really kind. He talks to everyone. He plays with everyone. Right. So it's all relative. And that's kind of I want to, even though I like that you're bringing in the research, I, I want to broaden this description or this discussion so we have an understanding to, to not – I think the word popular really makes everybody kind of go, bah. You know what I mean? Like it makes them uncomfortable because they visualize – um, are you going to put on a? Worry, I'm determined <laughs> they visualize Galinda. Well, are you going to play that? I'm just playing that part. Oh, popular! You're gonna be popular. I'll teach you the proper poise when you talk to boys. Little ways to flirt and flounce. See, you even in that song you're talking about, it. absolutely. Your hair. Everything that really counts to be popular. I'll help you be popular. Okay. So, yes. That's absolutely. from Wicked, by the way. Yeah. Galinda. Not, not everybody. Not Galinda. Not everybody knows what that's from. I know. That is, that's from Wicked, and that is Kristen Chenoweth singing that song. Um, but so our definition, our hardwired, like, cultural literacy definition is a girl like that. Yes. You know, someone who is worried about the way they look, um, you know, flirts with boys, um, has the best clothes. Well, I think of Heathers. Well. Remember? Exactly. That's something we can relate to. Or Clueless. And or, he- Well, and Heathers was I, I, completely unrealistic. Clueless I hope probably- so. They were killing each other. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I like, do. Like the, the meanest girls are not necessarily the most po- – uh, maybe they are, but well, – And that's kind of the thing is I think that the reason I want to have this discussion, I feel like I keep going around in circles about it, is we've kind of – we've gotten very narrow about what we think it means and we've allowed the media to penetrate our brain. And I'll give you an example of what JC said to me a while back and I was like, oh my gosh – she was talking about how much she liked different groups of people and how she, you know, she was just kind of saying, I love this person. I love this person and didn't feel like she had to kind of be with a certain group. And, and I said, um, I said, do you feel like people are breaking off? Like, you know, there's different groups. She goes, she, she's like, well, not really. She goes, but I know that happens in high school. Hmm. And I said, how do you know? Have you been learning that? She goes, no, cause it's in all the movies. Hmm. So she's already getting brainwashed yeah, by, by the movies, by like Disney movies and stuff. She was talking about this movie called read it, read them read it and weep which i think you and i've watched before it's like some disney it was like a high school musical kind of thing okay. and 
and just how there was the, you know, the girls who were popular who were mean and, but all the boys liked them. You know, she was already getting brainwashed about how she th- thought high school was going to be. And I loved our conversation or my conversation that I had with her. Cause I was like, keep your, keep your perspective open JC, because that is what the media would like you to say. Cause they want it to be very cut and dry. Right. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen anywhere. Right. Maybe that is typical in certain of situations. Of course, there's a spectrum where, where the, um, the generalizations from the movies are accurate in certain situations right. at certain schools. And there's a whole other side of the spectrum yes. where it's completely BS of what they show us in movies. Yes. And it just depends. So it's not one way. So I think that's your point. Well, and I've worked with parents before who will talk to their kids and say, you should spend more time with these girls or you should spend now, more time with these boys. I'll call because... myself out a little bit. Oh, though. okay. Go ahead. And what I mean by that is there are certain girls of our friends of our daughters who I am just a huge fan of. And I put them in a position to, and because I know their families really well, and you know what you're getting. There's other girls, not that they're mean or bad. I just don't know them as well. But see, that's a totally different thing because you aren't saying, go be with these girls so you'll be popular. No, it You're is, saying, this is someone who you seem to be your full self with. It's like that quote I just heard, and I know I'm kind of interrupting you a lot. So yeah, I sorry keep trying that. to get this thought sorry, out. Sorry about that. <laughs> but you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Okay. So think of the five people you that, whether it's kids or adults, that you hang out with the most. You're the average of those five people. So if my daughter or I am hanging out with a bunch of chumps who make a lot of bad decisions, who are kind of fringing on breaking the law every weekend, it's not a good thing. And same goes for our kids. You want them not to be with the popular girls, but to be the girls who are grounded, who who have emotional intelligence, who are kind to one another. So right, and there's kind of a differentiation between you know us as parents saying you seem to be your full self with these people, regardless yes. if they're in the band yes. or regardless if they're doing dance or regard. You just seem to be like yourself. Yes, that's a very different scenario than spend time with this group of people because they seem to be well thought of. Right. Or and that's the thing is. What I want to call out right now and some parents that I have worked with and who are out there is that each parent, you know, as we have said in on this show, every age you've ever been still lives in you, yeah. right? So a lot of parents have children and then they kind of haven't grown out mm-hmm. of that teenage pre-adolescent thing. Right. So they kind of put it on their kids and they want their kids to be certain things to certain people or they want them to be in a certain group or they want them to date a certain guy or a certain girl. And that has nothing to do with their child. Yeah. It's the adult trying to live out maybe what they didn't experience or relive what they did experience. Yeah, like unfinished business. The unfinished business. Or this worked for me, so I want it to work for exactly. you. Exactly. I was on this I was on the cheerleading squad, so you need to do cheerleading because that will mean A, B, and C. And that was from a completely different generation, a completely different school, a completely different scenario where we have to understand that if our children love something and want to go forward with it, awesome. But if we're telling our kids what to do or who to be because we want a perceived outcome, then we are... Or even if it's at the uh, with the intention of protecting them it, from being hurt. And it always is, isn't it, Todd? Right. Like even some of the worst choices we make as parents, I always think it's p- done in love. Yeah. The reason we want them to do something like be on a certain team is we're like, because then they'll be safe, then they'll have friends. But that's a story we created in our head. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we are, we are trying to, like you already said, I'll say this again, either relive something we experienced 
or try to avoid something we experienced, we tell our children who to be, who to spend time with, and how to be, quote unquote, popular Mm -hmm. or well-liked. And a lot of times the things that we don't like or that we aren't satisfied with with our children is we are concerned about how others will perceive them. For example... You know, my kid is, you know, a parent will come to me and say, oh, my kid is shy. And what's she going to do at parties Mm -hmm. next year when kids are talking to her? And, you know, she's shy. And sometimes, you know, a kid will talk to her and she'll just turn her back and people aren't going to like her. So instead of just accepting your child or talking to them about who they are or recognizing who they are, we are annoyed at them Mm -hmm. for not being more likable to other people. Right. And... There's nothing wrong with having talks about socialization and teaching them how to make eye contact. I'm not saying we can't give them life skills, but we literally get mad at them. Right. And I'm saying this because I've watched it with so many parents. Well, and I have a really good segue because this Friday we're replaying yes. one of our podcasts. We had uh, Dr. Shefali on. She wrote two books, and it just so happens that Dr. Shefali is going to be on Super Soul Sunday. And on Life Class. And on Life on Class. On the OWN Network so with Oprah. Sh- she's about to explode, and we're excited for and everything else and you know obviously it helps us because we have somebody who is is in that group but anyways we did this show about in january i think Mm -hmm. so this is just a quick preview of friday show but i think it it lends itself directly to what you're talking about um i'm gonna read a quote out of the book that's coming out out of control why disciplining your child doesn't work and what will this is a quote uh from your book almost everyone believes that parents punish their children for their misbehavior on the surface it certainly appears this way I'm saying that the real reason is different. I believe we punish them for making us feel inadequate in some way. And I'm wondering if you can expound on that. Yeah, so that's for my next book, which will be coming out soon in January called Out of Control. It really debunks this whole idea that uh, we come from this place of superiority and we're here to fix our children. And our children, if they are lacking in any way, it really has nothing to do with us. So suddenly, when we enter this thing called the disciplinary process, what happens is that we somehow remove ourselves from this responsibility of their quote-unquote badness. And therefore, because we aren't part of that quote-unquote badness, we then seek to control it and fix it. So um, that was about discipline, but I think the same idea can lend itself to... um, trying to protect our kid in a certain situation. Absolutely. We almost end up like watching our child from a distance and being annoyed by what they do or what they say and don't think we have anything to do with it, Mm -hmm. even though everything our child is experiencing is relational. And that's something, uh, language that I, that Dr. Shefali has shared with us a lot is, you know, experiences with our children are relational. So the way that we are, whatever we're feeling when we're interacting with them is something that they're either triggering in us or we're triggering in them. Everything is relational. And so we're viewing it through, we have to be conscious of how we're viewing things. When we're watching our child and they're with other kids and we get cringy or annoyed or we're like, oh my gosh, they're not talking to this person or not doing something wrong or they're not doing it the way I would do it or the way they should be doing it, we literally get annoyed at them Mm -hmm. and we want to change their behavior so other people will look at them differently. And I think I've said this three times, but it it bears repeating. Instead of understanding that our job is to step back and to allow them to be themselves and to not get involved Mm -hmm. in, you know, not become, not get so triggered by them that we end up making choices for them or telling them things negative about who they are or who they should be. Well, and I just wrote the two words down, control, 
versus allow. I mean, really, right. that's all we ever talk totally. about in the show mm-hmm. is um, many parents out there, and you know, including us, we we have screw ups from time to time. Um, we want to control certain outcomes, right? And maybe that outcome is I want my kid to be liked. Yeah. And to your point, it's from a place of love, but it's Always. still not an authentic way of going about it. If we can allow our kids while at the same time supporting our kids, I think that is kind of the mantra that you and I try to, um, you know, if there's a template for us to parent, that's it. Well, and I think we have to decide what's most important in the long run. I think kids, I'll just step into kid shoes for a second. I think it's very so, uh, developmentally appropriate for kids to want their peers to like them. Um, I think it's very normal for them to feel sometimes uncomfortable or left out or having those very pre-adolescent adolescent experiences where, you know, this person was a friend and they're not or feeling like they don't know where they belong. I think that's very normal. Um, but I also think that... What we want to let our kids know is that although although those experiences can be very typical, what is the bottom line that we hope for them? Mm-hmm. Is it that they act a certain way and pretend to be a certain way so people like them? Or is it be yourself, appreciate who you are so you can handle anything that comes your way? Yeah. I heard a great little quote, uh, you were in the car when I heard it, and I laughed when I heard it, from Maya Angelou, and she said... She said, you know what? Just be nice to yourself. And if you're nice to yourself, you might find other people who want to be nice to you too. Right. And I thought that was the cutest little quote because really that's all it is, is if you are one of those people who treats yourself well and feels good from the inside and has a smile for yourself, mm-hmm. people want that. Right. They just want to be around you. You may not get elected this or you may not be the captain of this. I'm not saying that it gives you right. something that maybe not as yours to have. Right. But what I'm saying is people will appreciate who you are. Well, yeah, it's, you know, living from the inside out. Yes. That's one of our taglines for BU, which is something that you and I have just be just started in the last few months. But that's really what it's all about. And it's hard not to focus on the outside. It is hard. But if we can do that as parents and take care of our own baggage and let, cause our kids are going to have their own baggage either. We, I just don't want them to have my baggage. Right. The, they're going to have their own They're stuff. human beings who are going to have mistakes and screw ups and baggage, but I just don't want it to be mine. Well, and that's what I mean about kids who are anywhere from, you know, second grade to high school, whatever. They're going to have challenges where they're, where they want to get along with certain kids or they want to be in a certain group or they want a certain election or a certain team or that's normal. That's part of growing up. We can't keep those things from happening. What we can help them with is when you're having those challenges, what do you go back to? Mm -hmm. Is it that you need to then cheat and claw and scratch your way to get those things and then you'll be liked? Or is it find what you really love and that will come through? Is it be who you are so you can have friends who appreciate for you for who you are? Or is it buy nice clothes and look a certain way so you can be attractive to boys? It's like... I said a bunch of different things there, but yeah. what message do you want to give your kids? Right. Because what I hope for my kids is that they find things they love, that they appreciate learning in school, and that they find a few or a handful, hopefully many, but at least a few really good friends who are there 
through the thick and the thin. And they may even have times where they kind of inch away from each other and come back and inch away. That's normal too. But nice people that they can appreciate and be themselves around. Well, another thing I'm thinking, just it's not about quantity. And I think as parents, as human beings, sometimes we go to quantity, but it's about the quality of the friendships. It's the quality of the experience. It's not about the ends. It's about the means. So, Well, and you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about two movies. I'm thinking about Pretty in Pink and I'm thinking about Revenge of the Nerds. Blaine? His name is Blaine? (laughs) And I'm thinking about those two movies because in Revenge of the Nerds, what do we love? We love the fact that there's a group of guys who remain exactly who they are. Um, the, that's the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. And they find, and they keep going. They, they trust who they are. What about those Alpha Betas? Ooh, ah, Alpha Beta. Ooh, ah. Um, but they, they trust who they are. They don't try and change who they are and they bond together. And then what do we love at the end? We love when everyone goes to their side, right? Because Mm -hmm. they remain the same. Even Miss Betty Childs. Even Miss Betty Childs. (laughs) <laughs> um, My favorite line in that is, I'm a nerd and I'm pretty I'm proud pretty of pretty proud of it. Lewis. Todd Lewis says that a lot. I do. Um, and the other one is Pretty in Pink. What do we love about Molly Ringwald in that movie? She stays who she is. Sweetie, we love Steph. And what we don't love Steph because Steph is like a- <laughs> You got a problem, friend? <laughs> you got a problem, friend? He's like a 35-year-old guy at high school. In linen suits. He's wearing linen suits. And he spits on the floor <laughs> in front of the teacher. <laughs> Teacher. Because Ducky Dale tackled him he, from behind. Because he got in a height. Got a problem, friend? <laughs> um, but <laughs> James Spader, he's so good. Um, how does one become a janitor? You want to be a janitor? No, I just want to know how one becomes a janitor because Andrew here is very interested in pursuing a career in the custodial art. John Bender. John Bender. Everybody loved John Bender. But no, they didn't. Oh, they did. Everybody was afraid of John Bender. But John Bender was a vulnerable little guy. That's the thing, is that when he's a- Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Here's a kid who's been basically beat up and trashed his whole life, never thought well of himself, so he turned to fear and anger. And that's how he gets people to notice him. And he's also disrespectful to someone like this- my shorts. He's not disrespectful. He's just talking about Vernon. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Sweet, if you mess with the bull. You'll get the horns. You'll get the horns. Uh Can I finish this thought before you put on another quote? Sure. The reason we like Pretty in Pink, besides Steph (laughs) and besides Blaine, is because she stay Andy. She stays herself. And as she said, I just don't want them to think that they, what does she say? I just don't, I just want them to know they didn't break me. They didn't me. break me. She just, she, even when Steph asks her out, mm. she's like, I have no desire to be with somebody who doesn't. Who, That's a shot to the bow right there. It was. He was, and I don't know if you guys remember that at the beginning, but the whole, the whole reason that Steph is so mad at Blaine for going out with Andy is because Steph always wanted to go out with Andy. And then he, because why? Because she had something. Right. She, what she had was self-love mm-hmm. what she had was and she had problems and issues too but she trusted who she was mm-hmm. and so isn't that what we those are the people we root for mm-hmm. the people who are vulnerable not the people who follow the leader and do what everybody else does you right. know we root for the people who stay who they are right and so my point in saying that is sometimes we know that yet we t- we direct our kids to be like everybody else do, do you know what i mean i'm with you okay you're, you're doing a lot of clicking over there chicks cannot hold you smoke that's what it is. <laughs> See, and Brian was awesome. Yes, he was. He wanted to vote, so he got a fake ID. And that's why and, he got a fake ID, Brian, so I could vote. And he had a flare gun in his locker. He did. That elephant when he pulled the trunk, the light didn't go on. Well, and that's the thing. Also, is 
you know, I think Todd and I can both say we both love people very much. Lots of different people. I'm sure you guys all do too. For the people who didn't listen, uh, who don't know these two movies, are like, what are these two people talking about? I know. About? Sorry but, about that. Sorry, but hopefully you've all seen Pretty in Pink, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you didn't get Netflix, 16 Candles. Um, but I love lots of different people and I love who what people bring. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if everybody's being the same or trying to be the same. Conformity. Conformity. Then you don't get those rich personalities. Like Brian in that movie is awesome. Mm. And, you know, and, and when Andrew, um, you know, what's his name? Emilio Estevez, when he starts to be somewhat vulnerable and really shares who he is, right. he's awesome. Like I love it when people share of themselves. And again, that's a very adult viewpoint. That's not easy as a kid. Yeah. But we can start when they're having challenges and when they're learning these things, we can reinforce it mm-hmm. rather than pushing them in the direction of go be popular. I know better than you, kid. So you do this. Yeah, you better do this or people won't like you. And really, that's our crap. Right. And I just, I don't know if I can say it any other way. I feel like I've said the same thing a million times. Well, I want to talk about our partner, Dr. Kelly from Tree of Life Chiropractic okay. Care. Um, they, uh, adjust Dr. Kelly adjusts on a weekly basis and her number is 630-941-8733. She takes most all insurances. Uh, she'll work with you from a payment plan standpoint. She has workshops, uh, all the time and she's just a really good part of our family. She is. How'd that taste? I'm sorry. I just bit the top off my pen. Cairotree.com, 630-941-8733. So we're about 32 minutes in, which means we have some time. Do you want to talk more about popularity or you want to let me no, get think, to some of my other no, stuff? No, I think the bottom line is is that what we're, we're as our children are developing and maturing and going through this often difficult and rocky stage of adolescence and teenage and may even start earlier for some of the kids, I think we just have to guide them toward an inner understanding and an inner peace about who they are. I don't think there's any other way to do it. And get out of their way. Get out of their way and let them be who they are. And when they're saying, I want to try something new, say, okay, give it a try. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just... And that doesn't mean that if your kid gives it a try and they want to quit after the first week that you let them quit. You, if they, you know, this is me talking. If they said they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And then when it's over, then you can decide. I was going to say, it. but it doesn't have to go on. No, 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 right. no. And obviously, if it's you know, there's extenuating circumstances and everything. But generally speaking, hey, you made a commitment. You well, back it you up. know, you've you've committed to this three week um, art class. Mm-hmm. You do the three weeks, and then you can be done. You don't have to go back. Mm-hmm. You've committed to a month of piano lessons. You've committed. Right. Then when you're done. So so I posted this on our Facebook page uh, last week, and it's a tragic story of this woman who lost her dad and her son in the shooting in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, the reason I'm playing it is because there's a clip that was on Brian Williams, and it's basically her just kind of summing up the events of what happened a few days before that. And I just thought it was compelling and amazing. Uh, and I think it's worth the, worth a little bit of a discussion. So. Her father and her 14-year-old son both cut down by the gunman. Mindy Corcoran today talked about her personal loss while exhibiting great personal strength. You know, it was a horrible act of violence and my dad, our dad, and my son were at the wrong place at the wrong time for a split second. He was with us for a wonderful 14 years. He had a really full life for a 14-year-old. And uh, we were very blessed. People keep saying, how come you're so strong? And I'm strong because I have family. I'm strong because I have faith. I know that God did not do this. I know that there are evil, evil actions. 
but what we do have is each other, and we have love. Wow. So, you know, I don't even know where to start. Um, there's a lot of different ways I can go with this, but I, uh, as much as I want to believe that this is her speaking from her heart, which she is, there's got to be some shock value going on. As far, and what I mean by that is, she still hasn't grasped the depth of what just happened. I think that she is definitely in shock. Mm-hmm. I, that is the first stage of grief for right. anybody knows the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. I mean, she's definitely in shock, but I also think she's definitely speaking from her heart. Yeah. So I think they go hand in hand, right. meaning that probably today she has she's been kicking and screaming and swearing and saying how dare he and maybe blaming god and doing all those things but that's brain right that is that's the grieving process right. that's the i need to move this energy out of my body kick scream cry but the truth about what she knows about life i think she's speaking and again i don't know this woman but the way it sounds i mean it just the energy of it is very calm and yeah heartwarming. heartwarming i mean she talks about 14 wonderful years and you know obviously you're going to grieve the loss of your son, but the fact that you have, you can somehow reach the ability to say that we had this boy for 14 years. Well, it's self-awareness and it's bigger picture awareness where I feel like there's almost going to be a circle where she, in her shock, is able to say that. Mm -hmm. And then she's probably going to go in a big cycle of where she's going to not remember that feeling and maybe not be as hopeful and go through her grieving process of losing her dad and her son. That could last years. Mm -hmm. But she will come back to that. I mean, that is, again, that's always my hope. I feel like that's what grief does. Mm -hmm. You know, the initial is, you know, you can't feel the whole thing. Then you feel it and it's really big, but you come back to that place. Well, and I just thought it was inspiring. You know, she talked about how these were evil acts. I mean, she could have said this is an evil man who did this, but right. she didn't even do that. Well, and and just, maybe she'll get to the point where she wants to call him an evil man and call him an SOB. But in that moment, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting all worked up. I know. In that moment, she said these are evil acts and right. God did not do this. Right. And that's always, Amazing. people will say, why did God do that? God, human beings make right. choices on this planet. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, taking God out of the equation. God is definitely in the equation in my life. Right. But I feel like we blame God rather than recognize that these were, like she said, split second acts and choices. And it's not this, um, you know, we always have a choice about how we're going to feel about the world. And it's very normal to get angry at the world and be sad. I go there plenty of times. Um, But I always feel like you coming back to Peace is found in love. Yeah. And if you are going to live in a state of hatred or a state of it's evil, eat you from the it will inside eat you. out. And she, I feel like this woman already knows that. I think she'll get through it much better than many of us. I don't, I wouldn't be able to say those words after that happened. No, I wouldn't either. Heck I don't no. think. I don't think. I don't know. But I will tell you this one of my favorite um, quotes was from these parents of uh, one of the boys. Uh, one of the kids who was shot in Newton at that Newtown, 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 Connecticut, Newtown, Connecticut, I called it Newton, Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook School. Um, he was a first grader. He was one of the first graders. And the parents have been somewhat, uh, they've become um, gun, common sense gun law advocates. Yeah. And they've also become just kind of advocates of how to deal with a crisis yeah. um, beyond what most people will ever have to experience. And I remember one of the things that the dad said is, I'm still here on this earth and I'm still Ben's dad. Mm. And while I'm on this earth, I'm going to conduct myself as Ben's dad and make him proud. And I felt like that was really powerful because just because somebody 
a child has passed away or a you know a parent or someone's passed away it doesn't mean that role that we had is gone it mm. doesn't mean that relationship didn't exist right. we can still be that person that person yeah. and that is how we conduct ourselves is in a state of that love mm. um so anyway i just feel like that's what she's doing she is still a daughter and she is still a mother to that boy and how does she want to be so my next um, subject, as we close out the show here, okay. um, it's kind of uh, heartwarming, but sad all at the same time. And I think I read this to you last night. Okay. An Ohio couple that was married 70 years yeah. died 15 hours apart. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt that that was worth mentioning. I mean, talk about connected. Yeah. I mean, they were together 70 freaking years. I know. And they decided to leave this earth. 15 hours apart due to medical, you know, and there's nothing, no foul play or no suicides. It's just they, their body gave out 15 hours right. apart. And I just think that's fascinating. Or their spirit, you know, like you're saying body, but yeah. it's, you know, all together. I remember when my grandfather passed away, uh, it was about 14 years ago, but I remember thinking, I don't know how long my grandmother will be here mm-hmm. without him. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the grief, but the literal not wanting to be here. Yeah. She, she actually lived another, what, five years? Yeah, she's around for a while. But I remember that being a concern of mine is when you've lived your life with someone that long, um, it, will you remain? Will you make a choice to remain? So I think it's important at least to say these two people's names out of respect. Okay. Helen Falumli and Kenneth Falumli. Uh, Helen was 92 and Kenneth was 91. What so a fantastic life. He married an older woman. He did just like you. Just like you. Because I, when I'm 92, you'll be 91. That's right. And then I hope uh, you die and I die 15 year, 15 hours later. Yeah. Not thanks. 15 years. How about we go the other way? All right. I'll go first <laughs> and then you go second. Well, how about we go at the same time? Uh, that'd be a, quite a coincidence. Yeah. You never know though. Thelma and Louise. That's right. I watch <laughs> my Thelma and Louise story. You know what it is? No. My dad got it for me. I was in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And it was on a VCR tape. And I was watching it. And it was a good movie. And then the tape ended. <laughs> like, as they're, like, revving up to do what they do at the end of that movie, I said, Dad, the movie's cut off. What happened? He goes, oh, they drove off the cliff. <laughs> I never got... I still haven't seen the end. God. I never well, get that hour and a half back. I know. Well, that's... Um, so some promotional things. Uh, one is don't forget about our Amazon link on our homepage uh, because that helps support BU. So yes. if you go shopping, go to our he- our homepage first, Amazon.com, or our homepage first, ZenParentingRadio.com. Click on the Amazon link and then do your shopping. Do you know how exciting BU is? It is exciting. I get my like voice goes up every time I think about BU. It's your brainchild. Well, not just because of that. It's not just about Kathy. It's about that. It's, it's working. So, it's just so great. It's so fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun working with parents. It's fun working with the kids. And uh, we're working on bringing another documentary here to Elmhurst. That's right. Um, I'm working on my third book getting done that'll be under BU. We love doing Zen Parenting. It's just a joy. It's and I good. just, it is good. So thank you. And then our other partner, Avid, 630-956-1800, painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Give them a call. Uh, avidco.net. Please support our partners if you got any uh, chiropractic work or some painting or remodeling in your house. They're the goods. Um, and then our retreat. Can't forget about that. Do you have, oh, any, and do you have then, any tournament it's a bad? Uh, no, but I do want to talk about uh, our reviews real quick. I want to I do let me do a tournament of bad really quick. It's oh, like you got two one. seconds. Oh, yeah. Sure. Put on the tournament of bad thing. Oh, uh, 
Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Here it is. When I make a smoothie Uh-oh. and I leave the tag on the apple yeah. or the pear, and then it gets smoothied up in the Vitamix, yeah. and then you're drinking it through a straw and you drink the tag, and it ruins the whole smoothie. No, and it doesn't ruin the whole smoothie. For you, it doesn't, but it does for me. You did it, it this morning, I think. Again? I think so. It was either that or a weird part of a strawberry. I think it was a weird part of a strawberry because um, I'm pretty good about it these days. Vitamix, that's our blender of choice. So if you want to get a Vitamix, Vitamix will give you a free shipping. Just email me, comments at Zimperity FYI, that's not why I just told that story. It was not to sell Vitamixes. But you should because it has changed our life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Every anyway, morning, stickers on years. apples. And they tried to do stamps, but that didn't work. So somebody named CNO8 gave us a highly recommended review. Thank you for that. Simon Pierce, my weekly inspirational to be mindful uh, Reiki1990 said she loved it, assuming it's a woman. I don't know. And then uh, Dawn from Minneapolis, she gave us five stars. And Thanks, then Dawn. lastly, geez, we have a bunch of them. Uh, awesome Game Gamer62, another five stars. And then Just Me BJW, five stars. Wow, that's like we had seven reviews in the last seven days. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Um, so now we're going to go to this. Um, what else you got, sweetie? Oh, last thing. Watch Cosmos, the show. I'm a big fan of the show Cosmos. Watch it with your kids. And don't watch, well, I was going to say don't watch Lindsay. <laughs> and don't watch Lindsay. You know what? Next week I'm going to talk about why Lindsay Lohan's documentary on the own channel has given me a headache and put me in a bad mood. And, you're, got, and you're not going to watch it anymore. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with Oprah or own. It's got to do with Lindsay Lohan. I have been struggling with that show. I want to see her succeed, and I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, she's had a lot of chances. Oh my gosh, Todd! I can't. I will talk about it next week because it, it, I change my mood, don't I? When I start talking about yes, it, yes, yes. Oh, it freaks me. I mean, it freaks me out. It drives me crazy. So, Cosmos, it's an amazing show. Watch it with your kids. It's fascinating. See you, everybody. Have a good week.